0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast episode 80. Arsenal have just lost 3-0. I've just seen some really weird stuff happen between Leeds and Aston Villa as well. What a weird day of football. I'm joined today by (laughs) Football MDJ, otherwise known as Mel. How are you doing?
1: I'm alright, although I also watched Arsenal lose three 0 and I'm hurting just a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was not good, not good to watch. I I'd love to say we go again next season, but I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not been good. At least the you know I saw some stuff from the Aston Villa Leeds game, which seemed pretty entertaining. Stuff that I hadn't seen then uh, that I hadn't seen before in my life. Uh, for, for those of you who are wondering why I sound horrific, it's because I've got a, a horrible flu. So Mel is going to be wonderful and carry this podcast so why don't you start by telling us a bit about your football index journey
1: oh no pressure no pressure um well i've been on the platform since august 2017 Um, i can't remember exactly what happened but i think i was probably on facebook when i saw an advert for fi and it was that time of year when you're in the middle of getting your squad ready for fpl and i'd been doing that year on year and i thought well actually this might be a way that i can use that time and and knowledge and actually make some money so I had a look put 200 pounds in one dividends literally the next day and after that I thought well I'll just put a bit more money in I think it was 500 at first and then upped it from there and I've been on it ever since.
0: Nice well it's almost coming up to two years now isn't it?
1: Yeah that's actually quite scary I'm sure I should have made more money in that time and I think that's the nagging doubt in the back of my mind. <laughs>
0: We always think that though, right? Like whatever you do, you always think you could do better in, in, in life. That's that's the general kind of feeling most people have. But what advice would you have someone starting out right now? Like you're going into your first transfer window. What kind of advice would you have?
1: Oh, I think it's the advice that anyone would give to just spend a little bit of time watching to see how the trading works and what other people are doing but essentially you really got to have some skin in the game so put some money in you know not more than you can afford to lose but then just have a play with things I think at this time of year everything's pretty volatile anyway Um, but keep a fairly small portfolio to start with make sure you get off on the way up try and do things right and just accept that everybody makes mistakes and you're going to have some losing trades you just got to try and have more winning ones than losing ones
0: that is the aim of the game isn't it what about kind of your, your background were you just an FPL head did you were you a gambler what, what's the what's the crack
1: um I'd always been a bit of a gambler but I'd been through the match betting um thing so I'd pretty much used up all the opening offers from the bookies and I'd made enough money for a holiday and a, and a vacuum cleaner as you do <laughs> <laughs> um, and after that I thought what what else can I do so this this really appealed to me on that level as well and I've been really enjoying FPL and winning my mini league every year Although this year I've been absolutely terrible. because um, so I think the more you're into FI, the worse your FPL gets. So I don't know if that's just me. It,
0: it, is, it is It is. what happens. Uh, Football Index, SOTD. I feel like I mention Lee every single episode, and I'm not even sure if he listens every episode, but he is astoundingly good at FPL, or at least he was. This season, I think me and him are only like 10 points uh, from each other, but that's just because F- FI has taken over. But you see it like the Football Index... FPL um, league that I set up there are maybe 200 people in it some of the scores at the top are like really 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 high so maybe some of these people can balance them up but I certainly haven't been able to and I don't think a lot of FI traders have
1: no there's just not enough time to do both and the, and the, the principles don't necessarily work across the two of them so it, it's F, FI all the way now for me and if, if FPL suffers you know whatever
0: right before we get into the plethora of questions that we got i just need to plug a few few things so obviously you guys can also see my face uh, as well as my voice over on my youtube channel i'm sorry i haven't uploaded in the last couple weeks life has just gotten on top of me and uh, this flu has not helped if you hear any cats in the background those are Mel's, not mine uh, if you guys want to list, uh, read some good content go over to the football index blog that's hosted on medium so if you just type in football index blog on the medium uh, blogging site then you can find myself football index trader football index LM and buzzing pool on there every fortnight if you want to listen to my voice talk about football and not football index head over to the state of play podcast and live Lastly, if you want to collaborate with me or sponsor the podcast, head over to my email uh, football.index.guide at gmail.com or just DM me on Twitter. And last but not least, I lied, that wasn't the last thing I wanted to plug. Uh, Please do leave your review on the podcast if you haven't done so already. And please do subscribe if you haven't done already. Now on with the questions. The first one is from Rio Index. Are you going to see Avengers Endgame this weekend? And if you are... Uh, brackets who isn't how do you think your trading will be affected while you are trying to recover from the epicness of what you have what you would have witnessed now i must admit i'm not like a massive massive Marvel head i have watched all the avengers films but for me they've kind of just mushed into one at this point i haven't watched the latest one avengers endgame but I don't know. Do you want to have a crack at answering this question without leaving any spoilers out there?
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely no spoilers. Um, it was it was epic. I have seen it, and uh, no no trading afterwards while I recovered. Um, but uh, yeah, just a little bit disappointed that the cat wasn't in it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right yeah i think we'll uh that's nice and concise answer there move on to the next question uh an actual football index related one here from metropolis over on the football index forum he actually asked five questions but i i chose the one that i thought was best here uh he asked about the three-year rule are you holding any players since the start considering you've nearly been on the platform for for two years and how are you planning to renew them
1: no, I'm not holding any for three years. The longest one is probably Koulibaly, but I'm, mm. I'm expecting to get off him pretty soon anyway. I think, although it's although it's a three-year bet, I think it's very difficult to actually have the reason to hold anyone for three years, because there's always a reason to get off on a dip and get back on. So I think, I think if anybody is thinking that they're coming up to that point, then they need to be doing that. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's problematic that at the moment there's no easy way to tell how old your shares are. And I think that has to be (laughs) something in the next iteration for FI to address because it it really shouldn't be that difficult. And at the moment, I think it's a big ask actually for people to keep track of that, especially if you've got a port, you know, with over a hundred players.
0: Definitely. I think there needs to be um, a bit more kind of personalization for traders in terms of arranging portfolios, but more so knowing how long you've held someone, particularly if they are looking at taking in-play dividends more seriously and part of the kind of football index proposition going forward, that is something that needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah, and I think there's some, um, I don't know whether it's misinformation or misunderstanding about what happens at the three-year point, because I saw something, there was a thread, it might have been in the the Facebook group or on on twitter the other day where someone had asked customer services what happens if my hold comes to three years and the reply back from fi was it will just disappear and of course then that caused all these issues of people worrying about whether that was true or not but then we've heard that there'll actually be an email that comes through saying that your shares are coming up to their expiry date so i think there needs to be some clarity from fi as well so that things don't just you know in the sort of Avengers way sort of someone clicks their fingers and things just disappear I think that's what people are worried about
0: yeah I think that people seem to continually look at uh, players on FI as an investment rather than a bet this is a bet that gets voided at the end of those three years if you imagine it as like a yeah a bet or a futures contract where it 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 settles at uh, a price after those three years or if you know they retire they they are just done basically um so i I think we've we've kind of answered that one and planning on renewing them i think football index should also add some sort of auto renew function where um maybe it just buys maybe that's something that comes in with order books which is a bit easier to to kind of accomplish right
1: yeah yeah Although whether it's in their interest to do that or whether they want to keep the volatility of people having to sell and the spreads on that, I don't know. I don't know if that works for them.
0: But I mean, I guess it's important. Well, not important for FI, but if you can add an auto renew functionality for, you know, both after 30 days and after or close to three years, then you suddenly put yourself in a position as FI where it maybe encourages more trading or automatic trading, right?
1: yeah yeah i think that's true and i think with ipds as well that would make a big difference to people well
0: we'll move on to the next question from penguin from the index gain slack community who always asks really really odd questions he he posted some stuff about kind of like weird um newspaper headlines and i must profess i did actually go and look through them and some of them were just so so r-rated that i think i'd i'd look at getting probably get banned from every kind of uh, podcast outlet if I did actually repeat some of those headlines so I'm not going to but his question or his serious question was what your thoughts and your guests thought on certain amounts accounts certain on certain accounts having undue influence to manipulate markets I personally believe tipsters are the most toxic thing to happen to the platform they are usually the worst kind of self-interested people who look to screw others over
1: Oh, the tipster question. I, I think it's difficult because I think I think it's how do you define a tipster for starters? I mean, we know that people are just inherently lazy. And if it, you can give people all the tools in the world to research players. But actually, it takes time and a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to make a quick buck. So if there's someone saying, buy this player, there's a sure chance they're going to go up. Then people are going to go for that. But I think it's difficult on FI because we could all be tipsters because if any of us talk about the players that we've got in our own portfolio, that's a that's a win-win situation for us. So I think sure whether whether we're deliberately pumping what we have or not, I think you always know in the back of your mind that if you're talking about a player that you hold, you know, you're you're gonna get some hopefully some buy-in from that as well. So it's where do you where do you draw the line? And then I think you've got you've got people on the platform that are going about this in a really professional way and they're they're doing the research so that other people don't have to. You know I'm thinking about people like Fit and index sharp they're they're putting out researched articles that people are buying into, and would we call those tipsters, or would we not and I think that's that's where it's difficult and where Where do you draw the line on the other hand, there's some some pretty terrible stuff going on on Twitter lately. I've seen some accounts that have clearly got nothing to do with f i that are all pumping the same players. And I think that is dangerous. But I don't know how you how do you legislate against that? Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I just think it's kind of toxic for the platform. The thing that I picked up from Penguin here was um, they're usually the worst kind of self-interested people. And I think that kind of self-interest is the most important bit, right? There are people who don't really see that what they're doing could potentially harm the platform and therefore kind of screw themselves over longer term because presumably like they want to make kind of lots of money on the platform and presumably they're trying to accelerate that by tipping these people or kind of pumping them whatever you want to call it on twitter and so if you kind of do that maybe short term you make more money but longer term if the platform is harmed and less people join etc then you're kind of screwing yourself over
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a short-term game for them, isn't it? And and you can see the difficulty I have is that Fi kind of facilitates it sometimes with the way sure. the the, the app set up. And when you, I mean, when I don't know about you, I woke up this morning and I looked at the trending list, and every single player on there was a ten p player that had gone up by thirty <laughs> percent or something. And you think they're they're kind of allowing that to happen, and that's not helpful. I think it's good that people are calling out other people that are just pure pump and dumpers. But then, you know, like I said, I don't know where you really draw the line. And there are going to be some tipsters out there that are perhaps making the platform, if it's not purely self-interest and if it's properly researched, I think that makes it an easier sell to the people who don't want to spend hours doing the research and just want to know, well, who do I buy? Who's going to go up? Mm,
0: Yeah, I think the issue is that um, no one really knows who's going to go up. <laughs> so I think it's it's sometimes when you talk about these tipsters, whether it's kind of people doing the research or people not doing the research, it's to some extent the blind leading the blind, which is, creates an issue in, in itself. But I think, you know, this is something that we could probably talk about all day, isn't it, Mel? But uh, we'll move on to a, a little weird section here talking about youth players, which are you know, probably the most pumped on on the timeline or, or uh, tipped. Uh, the first question is from Nick. Do you think the youth trend may reach saturation at the beginning of next season, given that many will play in international competitions this summer or pre-season, which will see them rise?
1: Oh, um, I don't know. I I keep thinking we've reached saturation point, but we don't seem to get there. It just seems to keep on going. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I generally have played for dividends while I've been on the platform and, and try to stay a little bit away from the youth trend. Because in my mind, it, it just feels more logical to be playing for something a bit more concrete. Um, but, you know, at the moment, that's where the trend is. And although we can talk about things dying off over the summer, we've got some potentially really high profile youth transfers that could go through people like Felix and Jovic. You know, there's some players there are going to be in the spotlight as well so i don't know if it's i don't know if we're going to reach saturation point
0: <sighs> but but also there's there's the the thing that i worry about well not worry but i i always think about is that if they did die down football index have probably got a f- like fresh batch of ipos waiting to be kind of um entered into the market that are mostly those younger players right
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just going to keep on churning. And actually, and as I've said, you know, people are lazy. So if this is the way that you can make a quick buck, if you know that you get on a youth player and they're going to rise as soon as they get on the bench, they're going to rise in anticipation they might get on the pitch. They'll probably drop as soon as they get on the pitch. But if you know what the pattern is, then people are going to continue to do that. And they're just going to churn through the next batch of youth players and the next batch. And I don't know where that saturates. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange time when you've got... Mason Greenwood so high on the platform. I don't know, he's in the top top 20, top 30 now. <laughs> so, and you just think, you know, even the huge Cho crash doesn't seem to have slowed the wheels on that. So I'm not sure if we're quite... I guess, I guess with that
0: level. one, though, there is, you know, there's a big, big injury to a player that is relatively unproven. So I I think if that injury happened to someone who was in like, you know, 25, 26, 27, we'd see a similar crash.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But but it probably wouldn't have, they wouldn't have risen at the same rate that he Yeah, no, of course not. And people would have got on for more of a reason. And, you know, there was a lot of FOMO going on there as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. And people are smarting from it, but I don't think they're necessarily going to change their approach. I think Mm. people are still going to going to pump for youth because that's you know that's where the money is at the moment
0: Hmm. well the next question is from stanford and it's definitely linked much of the top 200 is plagued with youth rat money and now the pool of realistic media dividend winners is slimmer than ever with quintuple winnings which i'm sure he's mightily happily about uh payout uh, quintuple winnings winning payouts and fi's biggest ever media offering to what extent will media dividends drive the market over the summer versus the under 20s world cup
1: um it's got to make a big difference hasn't it because you've got five places paying out and it's only one p a time but if you think about people being in the media spotlight for a week two weeks three weeks longer mm. you you've got to invest in that i mean it's it's a little bit like fi have created a an ipd for media over the summer mm. and you can get in at the right time and and ride that through the summer get off at the right time it's it, I think people are going to have to go for that and I can't see the under 20s making a lot of an impact over the summer it's for me I think media will be the way to go I don't know what do you think well I
0: mean my answer would be look at what's happened to Paul Pogba the last couple of days right like he's won back-to-back media dividends and he's increased from around about what was it 760 to near eight pounds now so yeah, I mean that would be my answer. Look at the proofs in the pudding, right?
1: Yeah, and that's good for the rest of the market because if the likes of Pogba continue to push what is the boundary at the top of the market, then everybody else gets a little bit of a jump up as a result, mm. I think. So it well, should I mean, have, ha- I half a million, to-
0: half a million pounds went into Paul Pogba pretty much. So that's not a, a small amount of money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that I think the interesting thing will be to see what happens whether he stays now or whether he goes. And if that money comes back out of him, where that goes into, who's the next, you know, is that going to be dispersed through the market or Mm. is it going to be piled into somebody else?
0: Yeah, well, I think one thing's for certain, that's not the last time we'll see him in media. I saw him, uh, someone post like a, a video of him, uh he just got a haircut obviously and i was just in my head the first thing i thought was he's probably gonna win media buzzer for that isn't it which is a bit of a joke isn't it i mean we saw last night as well neymar punching someone which i didn't really realize he'd actually done until uh this morning uh which, <laughs> it's which pretty, is ridiculous. pretty bad yeah ridiculous uh, the next question, which is linked to the previous two, is from 90 Futures. He again asked, do you, do you think the youngsters trend will die down soon? Which I think we've answered, but his follow up is interesting. If yes, what could you see being a new trend? And maybe we've answered that with the media question, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think FI has been around long enough now for people to get a feel for what the cycle is, and we move into the summer with media as the trend, the question is at what point are people going to start buying back for PB? Because there there will still continue to be some traders out there who want to play for PB. And I think the introduction of IPDs might change that because perhaps that will push that a little bit closer to the start of the season, maybe. Mm. Um, but I think that's got to be the next thing. I think the the concern, the concern really now is are the PB... Payouts big enough to sustain the prices at the top of the market, or is is that part of the reason why people are continuing to jump on young players for the the capital appreciation? I I think that maybe the trends might be determined by what FI choose to do next.
0: But again, back to the the point about Pogba, he went from seven sixty to seven ninety. I mean, including the two dividends that he'd won, it's not a it's not a small amount. I think thirty um, p is is a lot especially considering the actual capital that uh, actually needed for him to go up that much and then the, the the back-to-back dividends as well that's it's decent money coming still from the premium assets so i think to take the the other side of it devil's advocate that whilst capital appreciation is great at the moment the the falls on some of those players that are being bought for capital appreciations appreciation are also uh, c- could be a deterrent really i mean <sighs> it's a it's a it's a tricky one right
1: yeah i mean it's always going to be fastest finger first if that's the way that you're doing it but i think i worry now about where the where the top of the market is i mean realistically how much further can it stretch Mm. i can't i can't see it going beyond maybe nine pounds
0: yeah i mean i mean the thing is we always say that i've always said that but i keep giving prices price estimates and they always keep getting blown out the water i I guess it's totally dependent on how much a player can Return in like a year period, Um, which is, you know, again, it's too many variables to think about. As always. (laughs) <laughs> as always uh so well, we'll uh, on, on that note we'll move on uh, football index sotd lee who we uh mentioned earlier talking about fpl a good fpl player and if you guys uh, heard me plug the company the that he's involved in beard poo do check it out they're doing some great stuff for men and mental health trying to uh, help prevent Uh, male suicide with uh, some beard shampoo Um, and I don't have a beard so uh, I'm hoping that if I do buy some it will kind of just sit there as a memento Uh, so he says something I've discussed recently on the timeline thoughts on the effect of decrease slash increase on top player prices on all other players on the platform so this kind of ties in nicely to what we were just discussing now
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that if you've got people like Neymar and Pogba still continuing to rise, then you can see there's a bit of headroom at the top of the market and they do gradually bring everybody up. And I think it's interesting how closely their prices have correlated over the last month or so. Mm. But um, I don't know, I feel like there's a a big gap now in between them and the next stage down. And I don't know whether we're going to see the market start to just disperse a bit more and see more players in the pound bracket maybe mm. feels like there's a big drop off at
0: that point i don't know but I, I think there are only a few players that kind of um warrant that premium price set where they have the mb capability and they have the pb capability and that's why i think paul pogba and neymar are kind of so head and shoulders above everyone else because they're kind of the right age profile that it doesn't scare anyone and there's no reason to be scared um they are very good for mb and they're also You know, with Pogba this season, proving also the PB side, they're both very good for PB. I don't know if I can say the same for a lot of the players that are between two and five pounds, which kind of gives me reason to believe that I'm not sure like what what would they have to do to warrant going from say two pound fifty to four pounds that's a big jump for me there would have to be like a a big move to a massive club lots of mb and then maybe some pb at the beginning of the season that's the only way i could see that much capital going in some of those players
1: Mm. and that's entirely the logical approach i wonder (laughs) i wonder about the logic of this sometimes and whether that's what people see and i think that if we saw Say so if we saw Pogba and Neymar step back a bit, say to seven pounds, maybe because Neymar's got a ban incoming, we don't know. If there continues <laughs> to be the risk of Pogba going overseas, if they drop down to seven and then people are looking at the players just below, there's a bit less headroom then, you know, psychologically for those players to grow. So I mm. think there's there's it's good for the market to be stretched like that. The question is whether other players will start to catch up or whether people will continue to be looking for value lower down, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. it's certainly interesting to see I think we've seen a lot of uh, players lower down the market quite fly up a lot which we're going to discuss later on in the show but the the next question is from Trump's and I think we've already kind of discussed this do you think that the highest priced players are at the maximum level possible with dividends currently on offer and do you think FI will increase dividends to encourage slash enable the upper limit to go up
1: Uh, yeah well I think I've said I I feel that we're getting near the top now I, I think Like I said, that kind of £9 barrier feels like where we might bounce up to. And I've been discussing this with some other people recently. And I think there's a feeling that FI may look to increase dividends, perhaps either at the start of next season or maybe doing something around November time, because that's been a time they've done announcements in the past. And I'd love it if there was a PB increase, because for me, that would feel like the platform was going back to what it was when I joined. Um, in you know, in a dreamland, it would be tiered PB, which I know we've talked about before, but won't probably be what they go for. But when you look at the values now, I think that it, some of the the dividend values are not appealing to a particularly to mm. a new trader. I think because you've really got to look at it in the long term, and one p two p in the short term doesn't sound as good as maybe going to sleep and waking up with a thirty p increase on your player.
0: Yeah, I I get that but at the same time I think that's because of the you know actual value of the dividends and I think people haven't really looked too much at the percentages because in that with that in that case the the returns are still really good. Um I'm sure you'd agree. But again, the capital appreciation side of things where we have seen players fly up, you know, 20p for doing a few kick-ups. Uh, again, to your point is is hard to ignore, right?
1: Yeah, and I think I think the introduction of IPDs has changed this as well, because now you've got players at the the bottom end who can make, you know, 4p, 6p, 8p back in maybe three weeks, which could be perhaps 10% of their value. So you can see people wanting to shift to that because it feels like a more immediate payoff. Any of us who have tried IPDs will know it's really difficult to then get off without losing all of that on the spread. But, you know, I think it has changed people's approach to it somewhat.
0: Yeah, potentially, potentially. Time to hear from the FigCast data providers, Index Gain. So with Index Gain, if you sign up as a premium member, you can monitor your portfolio price movements using their MyPort feature just add your players using the index app index gain app on slack or desktop site and then you can see how much your entire portfolio has risen or fallen over any time period be it three minutes or 90 days if you guys are interested in signing up to the premium service at index gain head over to uh, indexgain.co.uk and you can use fig 2019 for 50 percent off your first month of premium membership great place to learn more about the index and a great data provider with a great app Uh, via Slack, which you can do loads of things like track your portfolio. On with the show, now a question from Football Index King. We mentioned the kind of cheaper end of the market. The sub £1 market has seen strong rises across the board. At what point do you think the gap between the top and the bottom closes too much and a correction occurs primarily for dividend-producing players who seem to currently be ignored in favour of capital appreciation?
1: Yeah, I saw this question and I was trying to think in my mind what a logical correction would be at this point because I'm not sure. I don't know. I, th- I don't know that it, there is a correction coming because like I said, I think IPDs has changed it quite a bit. So there is a lot more value in the sort of sub one pound players now. I mean, you can't you can't use the, the premium players for IPDs because you can't get off and make a profit, but you could easily mm. flip someone who's 50p, 60p, And, you know, as you've talked about before, that keeps value in the player. Um, So I don't know that I really see that correction coming. And I think, I I don't know, I think maybe it's healthy for the market to have um, players at that end doing so well and people investing in them. I think it it spreads things out. I don't know. I I, I struggled with that one a little bit because I just couldn't see... I just can't see a correction coming. I mean, there will obviously things will change as you come back up to the season beginning again. And I think we know at the moment that, you know, p- pure PB players are at probably their lowest point they're going to be. So good time to jump back in. But I don't see a massive change coming.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I'm not really certain about how much IPDs have had an influence on some of these players. Um, so... If, I I don't know, I I do see the logic at what Football Index King is saying. Right, you have some players that never, ever win dividends, go up to £1. If you then look at someone who's £2, £2 £2.50, who has kind of like a transfer saga in them or a really good PB player for next season, then that gap might be, from a comparative standpoint, too small when people might kind of flip the switch back onto uh, like another thesis that they think, or where they think the value is for next season.
1: Yeah, I I can see that. I just... I think at the moment, I think the market's kind of settling around this idea of a lot of the money being invested in at the bottom end mm. and you've got the, the high performers pushing at the very top. But the, the sort of £2, £3 players, I've, personally, I've jumped off quite a lot of those because you know what they say about PB, past performance doesn't necessarily indicate future sure, yeah. performance and we're coming up to the end of the season. So I don't know. I think it's hard at the moment to see where the value is.
0: It definitely is. And I, I just think there's also a fact that we haven't really gotten used to the new prices yet. Um, and I don't think we will until we have another 100,000 users or whatever, where there's more new users who haven't seen the past values than there are past users, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I think you could. I mean, I underestimated that psychological impact of seeing so many players just in double digits.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Because,
1: you know, in the past, if you'd have seen a player under a pound, you know, what a bargain. And I'm not, I know that I'm not doing that calculation in my head of, oh, well, actually, that's £2.50 in old money. I just think, oh, that looks like a bargain and you have to sort of check yourself. And I think for new players coming on that didn't see the old prices, they do look cheap and they look value, particularly when you compare them against some of the dividends on offer.
0: But also, I think, I I tweeted this the other day about how people um, are probably still multiplying by three or dividing by three, depending on, you know, who they buy, who they sell. But um, I I don't think we've also accounted for that there's been an increase in dividends, right, of an average of about 29, 30 percent, right? So if you are doing those calculations of multiplying by three, then maybe you need to also... um, you know, increase the original value by thirty percent. Technically, I guess, uh, but pff, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to get used to it. I, I must admit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't do those maths on the fly. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> and when you when you look at it, you, I, I feel like you've almost got to look at it from you know day one and not what happened in the past. Is it? Is sure. it value now. It's yeah. I, d- mm. I don't tend to do those calculations now.
0: Neither do I. Well, I, I try not to anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, next question is from LFC dash fi um as a new user i have picked up the majority of how the platform works but one thing i'm struggling to find an explanation for is what determines the spread for each player is it possible to run over that very quickly well i think very quickly <laughs> i'm not sure if we can
1: when i saw that question uh i think the the answer to that is only the risk team knows mm. um obviously they, they've got to have some kind of algorithm going on there i it's It's fairly logical to assume that that's linked to how many futures are up for sale at any one time. So, the way that I've looked at it, I think there's a sort of base level of spread that FI probably put on every player depending on the price. So, if it's a sub one pound player, that base spread is probably about 3p. If it's a player that's less than two pounds, it's perhaps 5p. And then they'll add a bit more on depending on how many players are in the cell queue at any one time. And that's why you see some players with a much greater spread. Um, and I think there's obviously been a lot of controversy about this uh, and they've been bashed for the spreads at times, but obviously they must have a system for working it out, whether it works after hours when they go home, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's obviously better for them to have that protection in place and better for us because it makes the product sustainable even if it just kind of grates a bit at times
0: Hmm. i mean it's very difficult to explain what actually determines the spread for each player because we've seen and honestly speaking here for to the question asked we've seen such inconsistencies that it's actually impossible for us to understand what determines the spread for each player obviously internally for fi they must have a way that they determine it but What determines it is something that's kind of lacking and we don't know that and a lot of people kind of argue that they don't need to show us that of course they don't need to but whether that's uh, a, a good thing longer term I'm not sure because I think we've talked about if we want kind of real larger sums of money to come into the platform or more consistent larger sums of money to come into the platform, then this thing needs to be more airtight. And if someone's putting 100K in off on the back, like, you know, they're their FX trader in the city and they're looking at playing, having a play around with this, they want to put 100K in it, they want to know kind of every single thing that affects the liquidity of the platform, the potential returns uh, of kind of betting on these players and all those things. So I think that's one thing that Football Index might look at in the future and whether or not it's going to be actually kind of mid to long term beneficial for them to be slightly more transparent on that side of things?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be difficult for them to communicate that. I mean, I just had a look through when I saw the question came come through, I had a look through the platform. And it's quite easy to determine what their base spread is, where there's probably not really any sell demand on there. Um, so it wouldn't be difficult for them to say, this is the figure that we put on a player at this price. And then this is how we work out how much extra to add on, given the level of sales that are going through. Because the question is, if they move to order books, they might not need this anyway. But mm. I think you're right. I think a bit of transparency wouldn't be difficult and it would probably help the platform.
0: Well, I think if they do, I think eventually they will have to go to order books, that they will still have some notion of um, liquidity prov- uh, provision by somebody uh whether it's kind of like third parties or themselves but that's you know that's a whole nother podcast isn't it um we've got the next question from uh, sam richards uh, what price would pogba be at real madrid and uh, yeah
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd love to say who knows uh or there's many variables <laughs> it's all it's crystal ball time isn't it i think i think if you're holding pogba at the moment um, disclaimer, I am holding Pogba, then I think either you're pretty sure that he's not going to leave or you think it's going to be a long drawn-out saga and you're going to be able to get off before he drops because he's going to drop realistically. Um, he's he's a big MB magnet. I don't know if he's going to be as big a draw if he's not in the UK. I don't hmm. know. I think there's there's obviously going to be a drop from that. and And... The reason I stayed on Pogba for so long is because he was also pulling some PB. But when you actually look at his PB wins across the season, they've been against pretty soft opposition and he's had to score you know, two goals to do that, often on penalties. Is he going to be on penalties if he moves? So I think his PB scores might take a dip as well. So I don't know. What would a fair value for Pogba be if he moves? Maybe four, 450? um that might be rational so probably on fi it might be 550
0: <laughs> probably double right like 9 yeah, pounds <laughs> i don't but i don't know Logically, it
1: logically you should drop
0: sure i think th- there's a weird assumption that he's just going to be there do you know what i mean like he's just going to go and it's going to be done um which uh, again like i i i think that what we what a lot of traders are who maybe haven't seen a proper transfer saga uh, before are looking at this and saying, Oh, he's going to go straight away or he's done. And you know, he's going to drop straight away. I remember Coutinho, you were, you were on the platform at this point when he went to Barcelona over January, it was the whole of December and the whole of January that he won buzz because of it. And his price accelerated, you know, vertically a lot because of the media buzz that he won. And... um. And and people thought he was going to go like people thought he was going to go to Barcelona and he still went up and then went down afterwards. But the kind of base price before he'd got those rumours and the end price were kind of the same, if that makes sense. Um, So it's it's, it's so hard to predict. I mean, I would have thought Coutinho would be lower at his current price right now at Barcelona. If you'd asked me like back when he got transferred, I don't know about you, Mel, but now if you look at his prices, still pretty high and obviously there's been kind of other variables such as will he come back um there's also assumptions that have to be made on Pogba being a Mino client that's never kind of an easy deal to make with that guy uh so I just think that people are focusing on i mean look if you focus on the end point right then you've got to probably focus on the end point of say a hundred thousand or hundred uh, thousands of different youngsters that are on the platform uh the chances of one of those becoming you know as good as neymar or pogba on the platform are like a hundred to one or a thousand to one so it's kind of the same thing here, right? At least you know that Pogba actually kind of has a base price to drop to, whereas some of these youngsters, they could go to zero, essentially.
1: Yeah, and it's it's going to be a long drawn-out saga. And as you said, this this is where Football Index is a gamble, not an investment. Because there's all these little gambles that we're taking all the time. So I'm staying on Pogba at the moment. And that's a gamble that I'm choosing to make. And I'll continue that until I think it becomes too risky. So it's one you've got to keep an eye on, for sure. Because I think it... I mean, what will happen? He'll drop like a stone and then he'll rise back up again. But he will settle at a level lower than where he is at the moment. He's, You know, there won't be the MB and the PB pull that there is at the moment. I can't see it. And if you look at the price of Coutinho, if you look at Bale... Um, I, I can't see him holding the price that he's got now. So the, mm. the the question is, when do you get off or do you stay on? I mean, I think there's a good chance he'll stay, actually.
0: I mean, who knows? That's not for us to say. And obviously, like, this isn't a endorsement to sell or buy Pogba, but it's just kind of us trying to... Again, crystal ball time. We could both be wrong. We could both be right. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens with that one. The next question is from Filthy Index. that's that they're getting weirder and weirder these handles um for newer traders what's the best way to tell when to sell a player to have that pump and dumpers jump on after you've bought them uh and then he says filthy hashtag football index (laughs) so um when to sell a player after they've been pumped and dumped or pumped rather Uh,
1: i think i think it comes back to knowing why you've bought a player in the first place so uh, what i got from that is i think they're saying if you're already on someone and you suddenly feel that they're getting pumped and there's an opportunity for you to make a bit of profit from that as well if you get out at the right time, I think. So, so I think if you know why you're on the player and if you're keeping yourself aware of any news or changes to that, if nothing's changed and they've suddenly shot up and if you look on Twitter and there's a load of random accounts that have got nothing to do with Football Index suddenly tweeting the same player as a certainty, then you know that you're probably caught in the middle of a pump and it's a good time to get out. And I, in that situation, I'd probably just IS and, and get the hell out of there. Um, yeah, I th- I, go on, sorry. I, I was going to say, I think you can also, you can see the players where this happens on a regular basis. So I don't know, maybe there's some money to be made in trying to spot those before they get pumped. Um, who's that? Is it a Japanese player? Is it Endo? who has this <laughs> hilarious graph. There's just peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs. And there's another one. Um, Ad Kula?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Who I actually bought, not realising that that was a pure pump and dump. And I got off at of the dump because I didn't even oh. know what was going on. So I think there is, I think if you're aware of what you're doing, I think uh, you can spot it and you can get off and make a bit of money out of it yourself.
0: Mm. I think it's, uh, I-, I tweeted the other day about how kind of one of my favourite strategies is to, sell players when everyone's speaking about them on Football Index Twitter and buy when no one's talking about them. Uh, That way you're kind of definitely it's impossible for you to be dumped on kind of because you're buying players that no one is talking about and then you're selling them when everyone is pumping them on twitter which is kind of useful and sometimes those pumps will go on and on and they'll uh they'll fly up and you'll get better at working out which ones are going to continue going up but at the same time you also get better at working out which ones are going to go like and get dumped by someone after a bad performance or whatever i mean we've seen kind of moise Akin recently i think flew up to three pounds he's near enough two pounds now that's a that's a big drop right like that's near three pound in old money drop that's a lot of actual capital that's dropped out of him so there are certain players that you need to kind of know when to let run and know when to sell I I think it's just kind of and this is going to sound very cliched but just practice just continue doing it set a strategy and then kind of iterate that strategy
1: yeah and it is By far, the hardest thing about the whole platform is actually knowing when to let go and acknowledging that sometimes you'll let go too early and they'll continue to rise. But that's probably all right because the majority of times they're going to drop. So, yeah, it's the hardest thing.
0: Mm, definitely uh the next question and again from another funny handle fi mo and this is mo from the simpsons uh his profile picture is mo from the simpsons Uh, do you like to hold a certain percentage of players from different leagues positions or strategies etc in your portfolio
1: um yeah i mean to to some extent deliberately uh, not entirely Um, I've, in terms of leagues, I probably have less EPL players because I think they're generally overpriced. Um, And Bundesliga, just because there's less games. So I think there's a sense in holding slightly less of those. Um, And position-wise, midfielders and forwards tend to stay away from defenders apart from the odd one. And I don't think I've actually bought a goalkeeper yet on the platform.
0: (laughs) Wow well I mean I actually yeah as I mentioned I got burnt on my goalkeeper choice for the squad builder series that I've started sorry I just paused for a second because Manchester City have just scored against Burnley
1: oh uh, who scored
0: Sergio Aguero so uh mm-hmm. looks like Sergio could be winning them another another title um, very, good, very the, good the man the man for the moment isn't he always um <laughs> He's uh, it was a weird one though. He shot and it kind of got scrambled on the goal line, but goal line technology has given it. Um, which is you know great for you who sport Manchester City, not great for you who sport. Oh, that's tight. I, has that gone over the line?
1: Oh. I really should have captained
0: him. Oh, I captained Marne, oh.
1: I captained Son again.
0: Uh, oh, let's see this. Sorry, this is really, really close. Wow. Uh, oh no, it's oh, oh my word, <laughs> it is genuinely like three inches in uh now that sounds funny on the podcast (laughs) uh anyway moving on (laughs) uh fi Floody, sorry for that little interval uh maybe i'll cut that out fi Floody, for relatively new traders learning how to manage a portfolio for the first time how many different players do you recommend holding before you mainly focus on topping up don't we all love a top up so another uh another another question for kind of uh, advice for new traders about kind of their portfolio management and structure
1: yeah i mean i don't think there's one right answer because i think it depends on what your uh, level of time commitment to the platform is going to be and i think it depends on your bank role i mean i just Mm. actually got a friend started up on the platform and she started with i think she started with about eight um which quickly went up to 12 and i think she's on about 16 now and enjoying it and i think that Probably somewhere between 12 12 to 20 is probably the most you want to start off with because you want to be able to keep an eye on them and see how they're going up, going down, what's what's affecting their price. And I think beyond that, it gets hard. I think how long you do that for is just until you feel comfortable and you can invest a bit more time as well as money. Um, I think that the interesting question now is what is you know, the holy grail question, what is the right number of players to hold in your portfolio as a more experienced trader? Because obviously we've got traders who have hundreds and we've got people who keep it quite tight with maybe 20, 30. Yeah. I mean, what about you? How many have you got?
0: Oh, God. It's, um, I don't know. Let's have a look. I don't actually know. I hold lots of like, you know, ones and twos in players. So I don't actually count those, obviously. Um, two, three, Ooh, maybe like forty or fifty at the moment. But but not not that many. Um I I think it depends on your risk profile, right? Like um If you have more players, then it's less likely that you're going to get burned massively. Uh, If you have uh, less players, then you're going to have larger chances to profit. But at the same time, again, as I mentioned, you you could lose out a lot as well. So, again, I think it, it depends on your risk appetite completely depends on your risk appetite but you'll kind of learn what your what's best for you within the first like couple months of being on football index i'd say
1: yeah i'd agree with that i think it's about risk profile but sometimes i think it's about actually having the self-control not to buy every single player that just appears on your radar
0: if, if you are struggling with that sorry to cut you off Mel. if you are struggling with that always think to yourself if i could only buy this player for my portfolio would i buy them right if i could only buy this player um And I can't buy anyone else for the next month Would I buy them. And if you start thinking like that, it kind of makes you um, really certain about players that you buy. And then you suddenly start making sure that you're not winning 60% of the times in terms of your trades. You're winning more 70, 75, 80% of the times. And that's when your kind of profit starts to snowball and it starts to compound a lot more. Because a lot of people talk about compounding kind of... um, dividend wins but if you compound profits as well that's even more powerful sometimes so people need to kind of think about that uh, to some extent as well but again just generally I think just have a crack for a couple of months and then see where you are
1: yeah yeah and don't don't put pressure on yourself to kind of conform to any particular mm. style or number of players I think you've just got to feel your way with it for a bit
0: Definitely. I think those are wise words. Football Index Focus, who was on the podcast a a few weeks ago, if you could only change one thing about the current iteration of FI, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, I might be a bit naughty here and and pick one very big thing. (laughs) I think if I could change anything, I would just completely change the entire tech setup. So I would just (laughs) ditch the app completely, start again, start again with the website and just all of the infrastructure behind it because i think i think the the tech issues the mistakes are uh, they're damaging the confidence in the product and i think they put a lot of strain on the customer support team as well and it feels like we're at the stage now where they just need to they just need to deal with some of those issues so that that troubles me a little bit because it's even the little things so when you when you um withdraw some money from the platform and it says successful, what is it, successful withdrawal, <laughs> <laughs> Or when, or when you um when you deposit money and it says um successful finished or something. And it's no. you know, and I know they're they're just tiny little things, so they should be easy enough to fix. But if I was a new user going on now and putting my money in and I saw something that looked like it was, you know, an, an email asking me to send money to a Nigerian printer, <laughs> I might run the other way and also where you've got people having to chase ipd payments uh, the wrong div payments being yeah. paid out i mean that actually costs the company money
0: exactly exactly
1: so stuff like that and and I, I think i would build something into the platform that would allow um traders to let fi know about problems and for other traders to see that problems are on their radar so like
0: a like a GitHub.
1: Uh yeah I mean like if if my broadband goes down before I start getting on the phone to Virgin I'll check the website and see is there an outage is something being noted and if there hmm. is I won't chase them I'll just wait so there could be something on the site saying we're aware of these issues And and they don't...
0: sometimes do that with customer support twitter but it often comes quite late doesn't it
1: Yeah yeah and I think that they they they're, they're, they're a big enough organization now they've been around long enough to go beyond that idea of well this is a startup there's going to be issues and i don't want to get on at them because i love fi and you know without fi i wouldn't be looking out the window at my new drive and i wouldn't have a bit of money for holidays it's it's been fantastic but i worry about the future of the platform if they don't iron some of these things out now because i don't know how they get to the next level if they can't do that um you know the, the the triple deposit thing (laughs) was horrendous over the summer and i didn't put any money in while that was going on because i didn't want to risk having the same amount taken out nine times
0: if it puts more strain on the rest of the company then that's a real real issue if you have to hire more customer support people just because your tech's bad then that's you're you're kind of putting lipstick over on the pig right you're um you're taping up uh holes on a on a sink not a sinking ship on a on a ship that's taking on water and it's not going to be a long-term fix so football index need to suss that out i think them talking about how they migrated to a new platform if that's true then why are we having why are we still having tech issues why is the um platform still dying whenever we have like a certain amount of volume i'm kind of talking about those situations after they turn back trading turn trading back on uh, after those kind of pauses after announcements You couldn't access the platform for 30 minutes. You couldn't do anything because there's such a massive volume of users. Is that the website? Is that the tech? Like, I don't know what the problem is. I'm not a tech kind of background person. I've not got a tech background. So I don't really know what their issue is.
1: I think as as traders who've been on the platform a long time, we can kind of see past all of this. It's like being in, you know, you move into a house, you hate the wallpaper when you first move in. And then after a while, you just get used to the fact it looks crap (laughs) because you've been in it for so long. But when you're, I mean, when, when I was onboarding a new user, there was one of these dividend issues and IPD issues. And I just thought, oh, my God, how am I going to explain this to them? That the money should be coming through, but it's not coming through and it will. And maybe you'll have to chase and maybe you won't. So I didn't even tell her. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'm just going to not mention it and see if she notices. And actually, I don't even think she noticed. I think it came through in the end. Uh, which maybe says something about the onboarding as well. Mm. So if it was up to me, I would just raise it to the ground if I was Adam Cole and just build it up again and build more functionality in, try and get the order books in at the same time, expiry dates on futures. Um, Yeah, just sort all of that out really. Just a small mm. thing.
0: Just a, just that small thing. Uh, the next question moving on from uh, what, what we could do with Football Index or what Football Index could do with the platform. Uh, FI underscore T on Twitter. Do you think Football Index will ever make it possible to give someone a future? For example, I could give a friend two Neymars to give him to get him started. Not from my portfolio, but like a gift voucher. Good for presents slash gifts and introductions. And Alex Wood has a similar questions. Do you think FI vouchers would be a good idea? Would prefer getting them to socks from my old uh from my old dear at christmas so this is actually something that i've talked about a a few times on the show before but do you think we could ever is this even possible like with gambling regs and stuff like i don't know
1: i'm sure there's got to be some legal issues or certainly some technical issues that would make that difficult and Mm. what what would you be buying what if the price fluctuates in between the point you buy the voucher and you know (laughs) the point that you gift it i think there'd be issues um but actually when you look at the for new users when you look at the referral process you are kind of giving a new user a 10 pound voucher because they get a tenner you get a tenner and i'd like to see them promote that a bit more it's a bit hidden away in the back end of the app at the moment um wouldn't it be good if over the summer fi was encouraging us all to try and sign one person up Mm. um i mean it's gambling so there might be some issues with
0: that yeah yeah that's true i mean i i Okay, yeah again I have like a um like kind of a fig bonus uh code which is just like fig, and people get like a a thirty pound bonus when they sign up through that but i I tend not to kind of like brandish it too much. it's in the kind of descriptions of all the content that i make i don't you don't hear me talking about it too much on the podcast uh, very scarcely on videos i I just think that um <laughs> Being creative about how you market these things can have like such a powerful impact on your marketing campaigns. And I think that um, something like this along these lines might be quite interesting, I guess. Again, if it can legally be done. (laughs) The main caveat there, of course. Uh, The next question from Sean FI. We had kind of a lot of miscellaneous uh, questions here at the end. Uh, Well, this one isn't from Sean FI. And I don't know if this is directed at you or me, Mel. You've said before that you're not keen on IPD dividends, and I'm starting to agree. Where do you think this money could be better utilised? Increased MB slash PB? How would taking away IPDs affect the market? Um, Is this aimed at you or me?
1: I think this must be aimed at you. I know (laughs) know you've been pretty... um unimpressed with ipds I've, sure. I've been i was i think i was skeptical at first but um i think i'm probably a fan now because I, I can see what they're trying to do with it and it makes sense to me mm. and i think that they're they logically had to be a response to opening up the platform to so many players mm. you know you know what it was like when i joined there was the the top 200 And that Mm. was it, really. And, you know, people would get promoted into that. But now I had a look and there's over 3,000 players on the platform that could all, you know, be bought, but are highly unlikely to win dividends, most of Mm. them. Um, I had a look to see how many had won dividends over this season, match day dividends, MB dividends. And I think it's somewhere around the £400 mark. So there's all these other 2,600 players that don't get a look in otherwise. So I think IPDs give them... Um, something and I think it's also a good hook for new traders um, to see some money coming in straight away and to get that win because that's what kept me hooked in the beginning was I got a win on the first day uh, I think it was 89p or something so it was not too bad not too shabby <laughs> but it was enough to keep <laughs> me hooked so I think I think IPDs can potentially do that as well that but it's it's down to FI figuring out if it's done what they wanted it to do because we're coming to the end of the trial now. And if, if they wanted it to increase trading volumes, has it done that? Has it worked for them?
0: Yeah, and I don't know if some of these players that have risen in that lower bracket that you talked about have actually risen too much because of IP. Like, I... I I just don't know if it's actually created the volumes required. I mean, we talked about goalkeepers. You haven't touched one, right? So has it actually had the desired effect on those goalkeepers? Um, how, how much volume is there currently in goalkeepers? Is there more than before? Yes, probably. But is it worth it for Football Index considering the payouts? I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if it makes sense from a business standpoint for them at the moment. Like, I don't know if it's it's actually making them good money. Um And obviously we'll never know that, but there is that consideration. There's also the consideration that it makes the product a lot more complex in tandem with what is already there on Football Index. I think I had a debate with someone on the timeline who just really just didn't get my point. They were like, yeah, but in-play dividends aren't complicated. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, You know, putting the cream on top of a cake isn't complicated, but making the cake is complicated, right? (laughs) <laughs> it's that kind of it's that kind of situation i should have probably said icing rather than cream it's not you know it's it's, it's
1: such a complex platform anyway To so if you sure, really but, get into it it's... What's,
0: the, what's the point in football index um doing something like opening up the platform to make it less complex if you've just got these other layers of complexity on top of it it seems it just seems like one step forward two steps back if they if they're like people talk about all these other things that we could add like uh team of the week and player of the month whatever it may be or um if a player gets more than one goal in a game or in in game in consecutive games that i've kind of talked about in the past um the more i think about it the more these kind of layers of complexity are kind of needless and they're, they're kind of moving away from what has made football index really successful
1: yeah, and I think that the time frames make it difficult. I think mm. that's that's the bit that makes it complex for me. So I think on it, on its own, IPDs isn't too difficult mm. to understand. And I think it has got that stickiness I know, about sure, it. Yeah. If you've if you've just jumped on the platform, and within a couple of hours you've got an assist um, and a goal, and you know you've got some dividends coming in from that. I think the issue is the thirty days mm. versus three years. I think that's quite hard to yeah. explain. So whether there's a way they could I, I don't think they'd be able to afford to make the meet in the middle. No,
0: no, they can't.
1: But that, that's be uproar the problem. on.
0: There'd be uproar on either end, really. The,
1: yeah.
0: I, don't, I don't know how that would work. I think, for me, the most concerning thing for me on IPDs, and this isn't about kind of like the platform in itself, it's more about the business model, is if Football Index move more towards in-play dividends than their kind of um, core, longer-term um, offering then you suddenly have a situation where it is a lot easier to replicate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I talked about on a previous show where I was the guest with Liam Hosting, he did a great job, um, where we talked about kind of Bet365 creating a competitor and why we didn't think they would. Well, if they wanted to create something that is another, you know, cash cow, or if they found a model similar to in-play dividends that maybe made a bit more money for them, then you know maybe it's it's riskier for football index as a business to have this as like a core core offering if that makes sense again i'm just speculating but for me that's that's a slight concern
1: yeah and i don't think they're ever going to compete with the anytime goal scorer market so it's Mm. it's only ever going to be a nice little bonus on top of what you've already got i just think but can we can we
0: can we guarantee that though not guarantee can we always think that way i mean look at the increase in ipds compared to existing dividends previously just well, to yeah. take take the other point of it, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that they've increased it so much is an indication that it wasn't working. Mm, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't sure. think it was having the effect that they wanted it to have. So they've, they've given it one last push is how it felt to me. And I think it's probably now at the level where they're going to want to keep it on if it's working. Um, but if not, I think the question was about, is there a better way to use that money? So hmm. there's a lot of people pushing <laughs> for PB to be increased. So it would be yeah. logical to put that into PB. I mean, I'd, with the number of players on the platform now, I think there's a real need to look seriously at the tiered PB because it's all about making sure that people have got an opportunity to win. Cause that's I was going to say that as well, yeah. It, that brings it back to the, the core of the product. And it's such a difference going from 200 players to 3,000. And I know I keep saying that, maybe I'm a bit sore. <laughs> but but it is it, that's a huge jump so i think they if they're gonna lose ipds they've got to look at tiered pb because you need winners to keep people on the platform
0: i i kind of agree and i think tiered pb would be great but just not with the current scoring matrix i just don't think it would work where you have players that are so valuable just because of their passing stats right i think that. um and we can debate how important that is in football, et cetera. But if you just have players who kind of just pass all the time winning or not winning, maybe kind of placing every now and then, I think it could not be damaging, but people kind of won't find it very intuitive. So I think if that happened, if they increased PB substantially and made it tiered, I think it would have to come with a matrix change. That would be the best opportunity to Football Index to finally create a matrix, which is more robust, um, that has things such as you know maybe duels and dribbles in it and that just kind of makes a bit more sense because i think they've kind of they've looked at it and went. Uh, this is the confusing thing for me right goals are worth 40 points and assists are worth 10 points in in play dividends goals and assists are worth the same
1: yeah it is completely bonkers it doesn't make any sense like how does
0: that make any sense and then you've got the whole thing about on the treble day starman being the same as a double day like there's just certain things that just don't make sense both from a pay up standpoint and from a um and from a matrix standpoint a, a kind of scoring points standpoint that i just think need to be iterated need to be changed but do it with an increase in pb keep everyone happy tier the pb if you make the scoring matrix a bit more variable i think that would be like a win-win-win for everyone
1: yeah absolutely because the two things that don't make sense on the platform at the moment are players winning pb who don't seem to have done anything to warrant it and also looking at who's the top players and seeing players that aren't uh, youth players that haven't even made it on the pitch yet and i think if you move to tier pb you might actually you know, mitigate against both of those things if you had a bit of a matrix change at the same time. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Can we petition for it?
0: Uh, we can try. I don't know how successful I'd be, but um, yeah, we could try our best. The next question is from Chris Vernon. Can you please explain the footy figure and how it works? Uh, this, this is going to like a football index guide is going to sound very ironic considering I couldn't explain the spreads and now I'm not going to be able to explain this. I've read the Zendesk explanation but still don't understand what it's all about. Thanks and keep up the good work. Well, th- first of all, thank you very much, Chris. Second of all, I'm going to head over to the Zendesk... Uh, the zendesk website which is actually really good underrated footballindex.zendesk.com have a look at that if you guys are new to the platform for sure so what is the footy uh is one of the faq questions and i'm going to read it out word for word right the footy index is the index number that represents the market cap of all 200 footballers in first team list at a point of time. So that's the top 200. This is very badly worded. Being the sum of the current price of each footballer. Much like the FTSE 100, which was launched on the 3rd of January 1984 and had a start value of 1,000 points, the Footy index launched in October 2015 with a base value of 1,000 points. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's one of those where I don't, I still don't get it. I've heard so many different explanations, and I still don't get it.
1: I don't think anybody actually knows, apart from maybe someone, someone at FI. I mean, at this when I saw this question, I thought I've got, I've got to find the answer, <laughs> and I tried <laughs> lots of different calculations to try and make sense of this, and I just cannot make anything add up. I mean,
0: <sighs> I think the only logical thing that I can attribute to this is that if Football Index gave too much away with it, and then it somehow gave away a bit of their kind of secret sauce to do with kind of like player prices on the platform um how they decide what prices they ipo play i don't know like could the algorithm that they use for this footy because there's clearly some sort of calculation that's done for it to go up or down could them revealing or being transparent about that give something away that's the only thing i can think of which has kind of pulled them back or held them back from giving us full transparency on what the hell this number means.
1: I wonder if it's just because of the multiple share splits over time and whether the way that it worked once is no longer the way that it works. So it's better mm. not to really say anything. I mean I think Adam Cole once said But this.
0: surely surely that, that's not right, right? Like if you if you just have an out like if you just have a a formula and you would just have to divide it by four or divide it by three in this state or, or, or like, you know, there would just be some simple calculations to put into that formula to make it work can again we, i may be maybe thinking too much about this
1: can we can we make this a challenge i mean i, I was literally <laughs> trying all day yesterday to try and work this out and i was getting the stats off index gains, so seeing what the rises and fallers had been over the previous day and trying to match them up against the footy figure right and I, I could not
0: challenge if someone if someone can come up with a answer to what the footy is how it works any of you listening um out there i will give 50 pounds to charity of your choice and i'll transfer you 50 pounds on paypal as well um i'm sick of not knowing what it is anymore that's i'm throwing down the gauntlet that's the challenge um if you can do it uh p- please let us know i guess
1: i mean the one thing i will say is i think they've, they've definitely got a formula and it does seem to make sense that when there's a high volume of buys versus sells then you can see that reflected in the footy but you can't really use it as a gauge of your own increasing portfolio because it doesn't really quite add up you just kind of see it's going well i think
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know i think um again i'm using the football index guide tag but i'm not very good at guiding today since i couldn't answer two of those two of those questions but it's just one of those things again we talked about earlier where football index need to maybe keep this airtight and they need to become more transparent about certain things for this to become If they want it to become a main mainstream product, like that's something that's going to have to happen. I don't know whether they can let that happen is that's another question. But it's just something to think about, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Right. Well, Mel, I think it's we've gone over an hour now and um, I feel absolutely awful even though I've tried to play it off as well as I could. Uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Uh, where can people find out more about you?
1: Uh, I am on Twitter. Um, I'm at football underscore MDJ and I hang out a lot on Index Gain as well, so you'll find me there.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on and thank you all for listening. If you are on your commute, I hope that you have a wonderful commute. And I hope it flies by. If you're not commuting, doing whatever you're doing, please have a great day, you know, at the stables, gardening, whatever it may be. Please keep tweeting me in uh, what you're doing when you're listening to the podcast. It's it's great to see. And lastly, we got so many questions, we just physically couldn't answer them all in one podcast uh, episode. So thank you very much for submitting them, but sorry if we didn't get a chance to answer all your questions. Thanks for listening and have a great day.